Hey, what's going on? It's Dr. Mike T. Nelson here with not just another fitness podcast for fitness geeks only. Thank you very much for tuning in. Greatly appreciate it. Today we're talking about what exactly is metabolic flexibility and how does it relate to flexible dieting? So as I mentioned in podcast episode number one, we sort of fell into the concept of metabolic flexibility by getting it assigned as my research project when I went over and switched to do my PhD in exercise physiology at the University of Minnesota. And what I like about the concept of metabolic flexibility is it respects the dynamic nature of physiology, right? So anatomy and physiology I find is fascinating, but at rest, it's not all that exciting. But exercise physiology, now a lot more things are in motion. There's a bunch of other stuff going on that has to be coordinated by the body. And by applying some stress to it, we can get more information about what is actually going on. So briefly, the concept of metabolic flexibility is on one end of the spectrum, right? So you can think of the right hand end of the spectrum. How well does your body use and process carbohydrates for fuel? On the other side, how well does it use and process fats for fuel? Now, in this discussion, we're not really mentioning the other macronutrient, which is protein, because under most circumstances, your body is not using protein a lot for fuel. The third part of metabolic flexibility, then, is how well and how fast can you switch between using carbohydrates and then using fat as fuel. And the nice part is this kind of gets rid of a lot of these crazy ass arguments about, ooh, fat is a better fuel source. No, carbohydrates are a better fuel source, right? The answer is it depends on what context and what you are talking about. If you want to maximize the use of fat as a fuel acutely, so during exercise itself, you can make a very good argument that I would agree with of doing some form of fasted, low to moderate intensity based off of, I'll use heart rate here. That is going to maximize your body's ability to use fat as a fuel. Now, is that best for body composition? That is a separate question, which we will address in later podcasts. Um, but I think it is a benefit at times to use fat as a fuel source, right? And on the other end of the side, we still want the capacity to use carbohydrates also as a fuel. So neither fat nor carbohydrates, in my opinion, is better. The question we have to ask is what context may it be better for? So if you want to create the highest amount of speed and power, it is to your advantage to use carbohydrates to the highest degree. If we severely shut down and we impair the use of carbohydrates for fuel, uh, such as a disease like McArdle's disease, 
the Carl's disease, they are missing this phosphorylase enzyme to break down stored carbohydrates in the form of glycogen for fuel. So in essence, they genetically are not able to use carbohydrates for energy. What we find in those people where we've completely cut them off from using the main form of carbohydrates, their exercise performance is really bad, right? They become very intolerant, even moderate and high levels of exercise. So the reality is we want to use both fat and we want to use carbohydrates as fuel. And we want the ability to switch back and forth between these two fuels, a la metabolic flexibility. And how this relates into flexible dieting is flexible dieting is more of a concept that allows you, again, a more dynamic framework of which to set up your nutrition. So if we add in metabolic flexibility plus flexible dieting, we have the flex diet, which there's a lot of flexing going on there. Um, so what I like about flexible dieting is it's more of a choose your own adventure to nutrition, right? And the more we learn, the more we realize that there's really not one absolute quote unquote best way or way that we have to do everything. There's usually multiple paths that we can take. Again, some may be better or worse, depending on the context and what we're trying to do. But it's pretty rare that you would have to absolutely only do one thing. right? And normally where this gets brought up is a concept of good versus bad foods. And that whole concept drives me insane. As again, it depends on the context. I remember someone asking uh, Dr. John Berardi this years ago, about peanut M&Ms. They were convinced that peanut M&Ms were a bad food. And I loved his response was, well, if I'm stranded on a desert island, peanut M&Ms might be a pretty darn good food. That's the only thing I have around. Now, if I have other options, I can maybe have an apple or some fruit or other things. Peanut M&Ms may not be the absolute, from a nutrition standpoint, the best choice then. But that does not necessarily mean that they are bad, right? So I really don't like this morality of food judgments. Uh, everything you do is either getting you a little bit closer to your goals or a little bit farther away. And in future podcasts, we will discuss what are the main reasons that people consume calories. And I'll give you a hint. It is for hedonic and homeostatic reasons. Adonic meaning that food tastes good. Homeostatic reasons meaning that we need food, calories, micronutrition, macros, all that stuff in order to run our body. And it turns out that both of those reasons are very important. So if we take the concept of metabolic flexibility, we add in the concept of flexible dieting, and that's where we have the flex diet. So I just want to take a few minutes today to explain those concepts at a high level. Of course, we will do more in-depth discussion of this. And of course, I do have a certification on this. So I am you know, biased towards these concepts. 
and have spent a lot of time uh, researching them. But at the same time, I'm also trying to actively disprove them, right? So I'm not just trying to accumulate more data that always agrees with it. I'm actually trying to disprove my own hypothesis and the hypothesis of flexible dieting and metabolic flexibility. Um, so far, they've, uh, they've held up pretty well, so I'm kind of sticking to that story. But don't be shocked if in future episodes I may potentially change my mind. So I'll just leave that caveat there. Uh, if you want to learn more about this, you can go to www.flexdiet.com, F-L-E-X-D-I-E-T.com. You have information there on the certification that I've created around that. Uh, it only opens up a few times per year. So you can get on the newsletter and that will give you a chance to get access to it as soon as it opens up before everybody else. And we have a lot more content that's coming out through that. So just go to www.flexdiet.com. Talk to you later.